This week's episode is going to be part two of Alan and I's event coverage for the 2024 Winter Classic in Batesville, Mississippi. You'll want to stay tuned for this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. What's going on today, Alan? Well, just another day at the office, I guess. But yeah, we're going to talk about more uh, Winter Classic stuff, right? Yeah, if you missed last week's episode, we talked about warm-up slams and layouts and vendors and bench show and all that good stuff. You even had a couple of good interviews that you have with Kyle Oaks and uh, Jason Hunter. Yep. So you need to go back and listen to that one. And we've got a couple more good ones coming up. We didn't take as we didn't do as many interviews. You know, the one that I missed or that uh, that we missed, I guess, at the Winter Classic and last week was Andy Elburn with uh, winning the top ten. Uh, before I could get a hold of her, she had already left on Saturday, and and so uh, wish it would have been good to sit down with her as well. But uh, maybe one of these days we'll get her on and talk about her top ten win. Yeah, dang it. I, I did. It wasn't much. It was just uh, Saturday was kind of one of those days. It seemed like every time you try to walk out of that room, another person pulled you back to do something else. And uh, yeah, hey, it's, you, some some events are just like that. It was it seemed like every time I turned around, there was uh, something to talk about with somebody. And, and that's part of part of our jobs. Yeah. You know, uh, you do. My role has changed a little bit since you've come on, you know, and, and even more so in the last couple of years. Now, last year you weren't there. You had the newborn a year ago. And yep. uh so your youngest daughter just had a birthday here a couple of days ago, I guess. But uh, uh, yeah, my my role has changed a little bit. But man, Trevor, you know I'm uh, I may be a little biased here, but you do such a great job, and it's uh, it reminds me of when Todd Kellum and Todd Morgan, when I first came on, they were very much involved, and a couple of years into it, they got less involved and kind of turned a lot of the reins over to me, and and now I'm seeing that with you, and it's. Uh, uh, hopefully it was like that for them where you see somebody that has the passion for it, wants to do a good job and, and does a good job and works hard at it. I see a lot of that in you and, and you just give me a lot of confidence. I know even though I'm not up there and sometimes I'd really like to be, I miss a lot of that, you know, but I also have, uh, this, this year, uh, this year I had, uh, I enjoyed what I did too. It was a little different than, than what I used to do. You kind of replaced me on a lot of the front end of that stuff, especially in the office, the home office stuff, but but I want to say you do you do a great job. I see what you're doing there, and it's just uh, it's so good to have somebody like you that you have a lot of confidence in to, to do things the way uh, you know do them right and uh, doing the best we can. We're not always perfect, you know. Things aren't always perfect, but uh, we we it's not because uh, it's not for lack of trying. That's for sure. But uh, the one thing that I really enjoyed this year was. Um, is we have so we have the long lines when the when the hunters start coming up to confirm their entries. You start from twelve to two, so usually by eleven o'clock they start lining up. They want to be one of the first ones and get that out of the way, and all this and that. But uh, uh, you had the front end of the office stuff kind of covered there. You and Doug and the rest of the reps, you know, helping you up there. And, 
And I got a chance to kind of uh, work with the with the hunters in line, and it, it I love that being able to answer some questions and a little more one on one time, and I just love that part of it, communicating yeah. and interacting with the hunters that are there. I love that. Yeah. Well, two things. Thing I appreciate the compliment it means a lot coming from you. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate all you do. Uh, second thing, how cool is it for hunters, especially guys who? You know, they they don't get a chance to interact with us maybe a lot, and, and you're out there in the line talking to them. That's probably a pretty cool feeling for those guys, so I'm sure they're appreciative of what you were doing out well, there. Well, so. you know, hey, we're nobodies. I'm just, I'm not anybody else. I'm just, I say it all the time, I'm just a, a, a farm kid, you know, from uh, that uh, that loves what he does, you know, and has uh, is uh, lucky enough to be able to, to, to work in this industry, I guess. But, yeah, you appreciate those folks. You know, the one thing you and I don't get to do, and I don't know if it, it's, uh, you know, for me, I miss the hunting part of it and the competing part of it, you know, but, uh, uh, they're, they're doing what I used to love to do so much, you know, and it's, I just love to communicate with those people. Yeah. They're, they're, they're our people and we're no different than them, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's just important that, you know, they, they mean a lot to us and we want them to, we can't always make things, we can't control everything, you know, but we want them to have a, at least we want them to, to feel like they're welcome and, and appreciated as much as we really do appreciate them coming to our events. So it's great to, part of that is also taking the time and, and try to, uh, you know, uh, communicate and talk with folks while you can or when you can. I know it gets busy, but sometimes you need to just stop and, and make sure you talk to some people. Yeah, that's, that's why it's cool whenever you can work it into a, an actual task that you need, like trying to help everybody line up properly and you can get to talk to people because Automos and Winter Classic, you can sometimes let a week fly by and you, you don't get to talk to as many people as you like to, like maybe the World Championship or TOC Finals where we have a little bit more time to interact with people. Those two weeks in particular, there's always something that needs to be done and you can almost get lost in the hustle and bustle and before you know it, you, you missed a lot of conversating that you probably really needed to get done. So That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, we've, we've, like we talked about in the last episode, we talked about uh, the pro slam. We talked about the warm up slams. We talked about the top 10 show and the regular bench show. And today we're shifting our focus to the night hunt. And we're going to start out with Friday. And I guess the first thing I'll say is great pre entry this year. This year we really pushed to get more pre entries. We actually upped our uh, walk up entry fee a little bit to push more pre entries. And that is to help our, our guy, our, host clubs with the guidance situation it's so much more efficient when we can have a decent idea of how many guides we need and we don't have 30 people sitting at a club waiting on us to send casts out there and we don't need them or we have five people sitting at a club and we're sending we need them to have 10 instead so if we have a better idea of how many guides we need it makes life a lot easier on everybody uh, so I appreciate that. We ended up with, uh, when we take the pre-entries plus our walk-ups, which we ended up having uh, right around 100 walk-ups, I believe, for uh, for Fridays. Maybe some more like uh, 85 or 90. But total entries with those two combined was 424 entries total for Friday, which is a great number. That's that's numbers that we haven't seen since 2018-ish, 2018, 2019, before the whole COVID steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like the Winter Classic was that, the Grand America. You know, we're seeing, seeing a little spike in entries again at some of these events, and it's good to see that. Hopefully it's coming back a little bit more than uh, what we had there, obviously through COVID and then, the you know, the years right after that. But, yeah, good. 
start, good stuff. Yeah. Starting to see them build back up. Yep. And uh, it made for a good hunt. Uh, in our registered division on Friday night, obviously we do a top 10 in each of the categories each night. So we give out a top 10 places for registered and top 10 places for champion. The night champions of grad nights hunt together at this event. And the cutoff to get a placement in the registered division on Friday night was 350 plus. So pretty fair scores yeah. in the registered division. Yeah. But attainable. You got less than two coons there. You know, a, a decent part of two coons there, and you could be in the top ten. So not bad at all for a registered cast. Our first place registered was actually a dog named Donald Trump, a red bone male owned by Robert Davis of Arkansas, six twenty five plus. Yeah, that's a that's a good score, you know, but a very very decent score, and yeah, good for him. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hadn't met Robert before this, and. Uh, he's just a big old, you know, he, he's walking in the ring with his red bone and just a big old tall guy. He's, he towers over me, yeah. which I guess that's not the <laughs> <laughs> He's towering over me, and, and then he gets up there, and he was just so excited and tickled about his win. Yeah. And that's just, that was a cool feeling. People, it, it it's kind of humbling to know how much these wins mean to some people. So that was, I love to see people excited Heck like that yeah. over such a great win. Yep, absolutely. Makes it even better, like you said, when you see somebody. And I think you know a lot of times, you know, all the win, all the winners, they they're excited about their win, but some of them just don't show it like others do, you know. And he certainly, you could tell, he was excited. He was he was, and good for him. Soak up every minute of it. Absolutely. And next year, when it's that uh, somebody else or whatever, why those? Hey, we need to celebrate those winners. Absolutely. And then for the for the champion division for the Friday night, we our cutoff for the top ten was actually four fifty plus. Pretty pretty dang good score there for that division. Yeah. yeah. And our uh, first place overall champion dog on uh, Friday night was a dog that a lot of people will be familiar with, and that was Grand Night Champion Two Shaq Southern Stogie. Uh, Stogie's a tree and walker male owned by Cheyenne Cummins and Ronnie Smith uh, over in Seneca, Missouri, and. Owned by Dalt, or sorry, handled by Dalton Cummings this weekend. Dog had twelve hundred plus on Friday night. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big score, and that was obviously the biggest score for uh, for Friday night. Was that twelve hundred? Uh, but yeah, you know that's a dog that uh, that won the PKC World Championship, I guess. And the dog has done a lot of winning. Uh, Cheyenne Cummings, as he's won Autumn Oaks with this dog's daddy, Shaq, and yeah. uh, placed him high in the World Hunt. You know, so this he comes from a family of good hounds and. Uh, uh, I've, I've seen a post that Dalton made about his hunt, you know, where he had this good score and, and everything just lined up for him, you know, as far as, uh, the, just, the the conditions and everything and, and the, the place he hunted and all this and that. So yeah, good score and ended up first place yeah. champion division. Moving into Saturday. Um, obviously we, we are always looking at the radar and we had heard people talking about it and honestly the weather cooperated better with us for the better half of the week or better part of the week than I thought it would, honestly, uh, for, for Thursday and Friday night. But Saturday, that all kind of fell apart. It rained from uh, pretty early Saturday morning all through Saturday into into late in the evening and then through the night. But uh, it was wet. See. It was wet, and I, I think it definitely affected our turnout. We had a lot of uh, pre-entries that no-showed, and we it really cut into our walk-up entries as well, I think. We ended up with 379 entries when you take our pre-entries plus our 50-some walk-ups, uh, but I would say actually closer to maybe 250 or 260 went to the woods after all the no-shows. Yeah, and there were quite a few no-shows, and that happens a lot. Some, I say it happens a lot. It has happened a lot over the years when those 
when the, especially if the weather is not very nice on the last day you know a lot of guys are just kind of opt out of it you know and who knows i may have done the same thing <laughs> it, it seemed like it rained for two days you know yeah. But, uh, yeah. i'm on a twist of my ankle on the way to meet the cast or something <laughs> yeah. but yeah. seriously i just uh, i just processed the reports a little bit ago and some of those scorecards have seen better days so shout out to all the people who hung in there and uh you know, they were down there to hunt, and they did. So, yeah, it's hey, good. shout out to you guys. It's a good thing you brought some extra scorecards because they Saturday they needed them. I'd say <laughs> most of them use their uh, use the their rain cards in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell a little bit on the cutoff scores here. Cutoff for top 10 in the registered, which it seemed like registered was probably the place where we lost the, the bulk it of was. our dogs. It was. Cutoff score there was 175 plus to get in the top 10. You know, and I don't think our 10th place finisher showed up on Sunday morning. There were a couple in the registered division that didn't show up. Probably didn't think that score would hold up. Yeah, I, th- I think us posting the name of the dogs online maybe helped out because I did see it was Mr. Mark Brockman from Kentucky, oh. the guy. And he ended up – he wasn't there during the awards, but he ended up getting his picture taken okay, so he uh, did, before everything was packed up. He so he'll be back. in the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout-out to those guys. First place registered, although got into a little pocket of coons there, looks like. That was Big River Ace, a crossbred uh, male owned by Steve Olson in Wisconsin, 825-plus. And Draven Sullivan from down there in uh, uh, what, Yazoo City, yeah. uh, Mississippi, got the, the cast win with that dog. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and another good, really good score for, for that night, for sure. Yep. And then our uh, cutoff for top 10 in the champion was 450 again, same as the night before. So, uh, honestly, scores were probably a little bit better than we anticipated for, for that Saturday night, at least in the champion division. Maybe a little more seasoned dogs did okay with the with the moisture and everything. Yeah, so. yep. And the, the first place champion has kind of, I guess, been the talk of the town for the past couple of days here, and that was night champion Wade's Lockdown Playboy. This is a tree and walker male owned by Carl and Tracy Wade of Alabama. No relation to me that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> and they had they had 1,800 plus. Uh, 1,800 plus. The handler on that one was Andy Morgan. So. Yeah, that's obviously, that's a huge, huge score. And uh, I remember that we had an 1,800 at the Winter Classic since – since I've been here, and that was in Albany, Georgia. And it was on a bad weather night as well when there was only like a two-dog cast. You yep. know, and uh, we did it a little bit differently this year. We didn't mention it, but Friday Night's Awards, normally up until this year, we always did those Friday Night Hunt Awards on Saturday uh, at 10 o'clock, just before the bench show started. This year we moved it down to Saturday at 4 o'clock, just before we drew out the cast for Saturday Night's Hunt. That was a great, that was a time slot to do. Yeah. In front of all the hunters there. It could, because in the morning, a lot of the hunters aren't out there yet. They're still in bed. So that was good. And then Saturday night or Sunday morning, the awards we did, generally we do them at nine o'clock in the morning. This year we changed it to doing it at six o'clock in the morning. So you had been out there, most of what you normally would do at the hotel as far as compiling scores and getting all that, all that uh, you and the, and the rest of the staff. Uh, you did it out there at the grounds, basically. So you were out there, what, at midnight or so? Uh, yeah, you know, when we did 9 o'clock awards, you could you could sleep till, you know, 3 or 4 in the morning and have time to process everything and get all the lists done. But when you're talking about 6 a.m. awards and the deadlines to turn in, cars aren't until 4 a.m. I didn't want to take any chances, so I got out there about about 12.30. Yeah. So, uh, but so when I came out there, I, I forget what time I got out there, maybe around five, I think. I think I got up at four and got up at uh, 4.30 maybe. Uh, but yeah, you showed me the score 1,800. And, you know, 
I would be lying if I didn't say it. I, my head just dropped, you know, yeah. and uh, it's it, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things that you always, I'm just going to be straight up. I, I don't like seeing huge scores because I know what that brings, you know, and even sometimes, uh, and I've been on high scoring casts. I've been in casts in Canada where the coon are just crazy, just all over the place where, a big 12, 13, 1400 score back in the day anyways, when dogs would pack up together and stuff was quite common, actually not uncommon at all, you know, but, uh, you know, you just almost cringe when you see that because you, you, you know, we want things to be, uh, honest and the integrity of the hunt means a great deal to us. We cannot control everything. And that's why we put a lot of emphasis on the judging that the judges that we select you know, and things like that. And, uh, you, uh, we look at this scorecard or the score when we come out and it's just like, oh man. But then you, you assured me first thing you said that everybody came in that was on the cast, all three handlers came in and talked to the master hounds, came in with the scorecard and, uh, uh, nobody, nobody ran away, you know, left like, uh, like they had anything to hide. Matter of fact, they wanted to tell the story. But even then, you know, you and I know, or and I, I know dang well how uh, a big score is going to, and, and I'll be honest, I questioned it big time, big time. You know, I'm just being, and that's taking nothing away from anybody. That's just, that's just, I think, kind of human nature. You just really, and you think yeah. about the weather, it was raining, <clears throat> and we had no other scores even close to it. But you and I decided that uh, we, we hadn't posted any scores yet from Friday night. And the reason we do that is so we don't have the hunters from Saturday night are looking at some scores to shoot for, to for be it for high scoring dogs of breed and things like that. And I think it does help. I know it helps when they don't, when they don't have that. And, and, uh, uh, but anyways, uh, going, going back to this, it's, we decided that we talked about it for a while and, uh, quite frankly, it played pretty hard on me, you know, because it does, it is so important to us that that uh, we do everything we can to protect the integrity of of the, the winners and, and of everybody involved. And we decided that, you know what, uh, maybe against, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what we do, Trevor. We, we, you have to, you know, we've, we've had to make big decisions before. I've been, doing, been here for 20 years, and that's I'm sure that's true for Todd Killam, who was before me, had to make some important decisions. Uh, Steve Fielder before that and, and everybody else before that as well. And you're going to find the same thing as well, you know, and sometimes it's not always maybe a decision that everybody's going to agree with. But one of the things that I think we have is that we also talk about a lot of things, you know, and, and, uh, you, you can't worry about what folks are going to think or, or, or say, that's not why you make a decision for that. You try to make it based on the right things and for the right reasons. And I think in this case, we were not only were we concerned, we'd be lying if we, if we said that, even though they came in and talked to the master hounds, we ourselves want to sit down with everybody on this cast and we want to hear all the details from start to finish. I think we deserve that. I think our, the competitors that competed in this event, as well as any event deserve that. And 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 lastly and thirdly is if this was a if this was everything was uh, as it should have been so do the winners deserve that as well 
So I think I don't think it's I don't think it's a negative thing, and we didn't want it to be anything negative other than, you know what, you know let's let's make sure let's not just look the other way and just do nothing here, you know. And I think, uh, and as it turned out, so we we this was going to take a while. So we had a it was a three dog cast to begin with, and so we would and there we learned that there were two spectators along, so there's five people. Now the two spectators have absolutely nothing in the scoring, but that's we're not we're not disputing. There's no question on any of the scoring or anything like that. We just want to hear from everybody, uh, and and we decided, you know what, we don't want to hold the rest of the uh, the awards for this because it's going to take a while. Going to go ahead and do that. We're just not going to post any scores. Uh, but then everybody was still there, uh, and we did it right after the awards. And you and I sat down with everybody individually uh, with three handlers and uh, including uh, the judge and two spectators, five people made, asked, uh, you know, from each one asked a lot of questions. They made three different drops, treed one raccoon on the first drop. On the first drop, one of the handlers uh, withdrew their dog, did not even hunt, did not like the road they were hunting off of. Uh, matter of fact, his, his uh, uh, dad, I guess, was stayed in the truck or whatever, and he was a little concerned where they were turning loose. They didn't make any deal out of that. And the other thing, there was another part of it. What was it, a half mile in or five, 600 yards? There was a big river, yeah. and they were just afraid with the dog they were hunting that he might just uh, might try to get away from the dogs and da 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 But in doing so, here's one thing that's very commendable, I thought. He... He he stayed with the cast, even though he didn't even turn loose. He stayed with the cast, so that was one thing. It was so. Not, but now that's a two dog cast. Number two was in today's world, we don't see dogs trained together much. As it turned out, these dogs, the judge's dog, it seemed that he was kind of he was. <laughs> he's he's saying he thinks she might be coming in season, but she was just not really operating, and she backed this dog on every every time that she was in the hunt. So that was a big factor, but in, in not not going into a lot of detail, uh, we sat down with each one. They treed one raccoon in the first drop, went to a drop number two, and as it turned out, the guy that was uh, guiding them, this farmer, nobody had even hunted any raccoons there at this spot for over two years, you know. And they made mention of it, you know, that he had uh, he was he had been seeing coons everywhere. They scored on those two dogs scored on four coons in the next drop. In the second drop, and at, so now that's a total of five coons. And the and the Playboy dog, he had first and first on everything. And uh, now after that, they actually said they saw four more sitting up in there. And then after that, they uh, went to the third and final spot, and that was government land with like thirty five ish minutes, I think, remaining. And uh, and then he, the judge, withdrew his dog, and this dog scored three more coons. But I think just the way everybody explained it, there was, you know, each drop by drop, every cast, uh, yeah, there were approximate uh, distances and maybe time a little bit, but nothing, nothing that was, you know, not within reason or uh, anything like that. And after we did all that, it, I was glad we did. It, yeah. it eased my, you and I sat there and, I've done a lot of things like that, and it's. I just feel like uh, <laughs> uh, for the naysayers, sometimes uh, 
it really, when they explained everything, it's, it, yeah, it was a, if everything was exactly as was brought by five people, it was an outstanding performance by that dog. And I think the conditions, the way they said he was operating in that wind, laying those raccoons up the way he did, I think it almost favored that dog. Yeah. Not, not just that. He was on top of his game, but where they were at, the circumstances of just a basically a two-dog cast and, and just no wait time. They saw all the coons like right away, all within the first minute. Uh, and the, the way the conditions were, the dogs never got far from them. And a couple times when they did go out 500 yards, the cast tightened up to them. So it never took them long to get to them. And just the way everything worked out, at the end of it, all you think about it is like, okay, that is a huge score. But it's it it kind of makes sense that it's really not all that unbelievable at the end when you really hear it. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know what all your thoughts were. Obviously, you and I talked about it. And we kind of wrote everything up drop for drop as was told and et cetera. And, and, and we put out a statement this week, you know, what kind of what we found on that. And, uh, uh, and that's not just, you know, oftentimes I think, uh, there's a couple other things, you know, none of these guys knew each other. It's not like it, we didn't feel like there's anybody trying to help anybody or had any motives or anything like that. Agendas, nobody, nobody ran from the, from the situation or ran home after the event, they were all there almost excited to tell us the story about what happened, you know, and how it happened. So I don't know, you know, and, and even then, you know, even after we've, we've done this yesterday and maybe I'm saying too much, I don't, I don't mean it like that. And I'm not, uh, I, I guess just kind of, I don't know. I just really felt like, you know what, before we just doubt everything you hear, because for whatever reason, um, I think sometimes when you actually listen to, let me, let me put it this way, you and I, in, in, in the things that we do, we investigate a lot of things. And it's easy, and we see it all the time, where you hear one account of somebody that was involved in something, and you base it's easy to base an opinion based on that. Well, you know, in order to, you don't make a decision until you talk with everybody involved. And when you do that, there's this that comes up or that that comes up. And you learn pretty quickly when you do uh, deal with a lot of things like that, that forming an opinion before you have concluded your review or investigation changes things sometimes. And a lot of times. And most times. Right. You know, so... uh, uh, as far as, as, as for anybody that would still doubt it, even after we went to those lengths to just, you know, review the whole, uh, the whole cast and everything, I sleep well at night knowing that we did it. And I tell you what, Trevor, I sleep better knowing that we did that. We weren't out there, but five people telling you basically all the same things drop for drop. And you're just and, and the idea of just throwing something like that out because because why I I don't know that that's uh, that's you know the other thing is I think uh, it sounded like the dog <laughs> performed quite well as also really and he had a lot of advantages you know so maybe the the better thing to talk about is you know is okay I get it you know an elimination style event might be 
the way that some would prefer it, but there's also a lot of logistics that go into a two night event to, you know, to consider to make something like that happen. But uh, I think in 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 all in all, um, I'm glad we did all that. And uh, and like I said, I'm just I'm just uh, nothing to. Uh, it's uh, hey, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess I'll. <laughs> Just, just, uh, just as an overview of the whole event, mm-hmm. I think it was a really smooth hunt, mm-hmm. um, and there, there were probably just a couple issues that uh, that arose during the course of the weekend that got headline news. You know how people yep. they'll kind of uh, attach themselves to some some negative things. We did have a couple negative things happen. You know, we can't we can't uh, police sportsmanship. We can assign judges and and uh, and hope for the best, and we have procedures in place to protect handlers um, and, uh, and and different things. And I think. Uh, you know, we and a lot of people will be vocal and, and ridicule us, and we're we're used to that. And anybody who puts on events is are kind of used to that feedback. And uh, we, I think, we've both developed thick skin, and we we're not going to get on on uh, uh, platforms and defend ourselves and things like that. But we do follow our procedures, and we were following our procedures on Saturday morning pertaining to a cast that happened Friday night, and we had a resolution to that. No, we won't make it uh, public, but the per the people who were affected know what happened there. And then on Sunday morning, whenever we had uh, questions about this this high score, we followed our procedures uh, that that we're able to do, and we we did the uh, we we had a really good sit down with everybody in there. And like you said, I felt really comfortable leaving the event that uh, we made the right decisions, and I'm pleased with how it all ended out, regardless of anything that that's being said out there on on. Uh, social media platforms that's no and and i 100 percent, trevor you know it's i think we could have looking back now we could have left there and not did any of that i saw where you know i saw a lot of things posted about it you know but why if there was no question why is there even why did you even bother reviewing it well i think you know what i've slept a whole heck of a lot better doing that than i i know we would have had we not done that yeah, not just absolutely. for us but like i said before for, for the integrity of the hunt uh, and, and, and for our, for us, as well as for the winners. So, you know, and at the end of the day, after all that, I think uh, here's, here's one other thing I will say, everybody involved. um, I don't think they took it personal and, and we appreciate that because it was not that at all. And, um, and I think at the end of the day, you can say, Hey, congratulations. You can you can imagine if you if you have a legitimate cast and someone is a kind of questioning your integrity, you can take yeah. it the wrong way. If someone's saying, "Hey, we want to do an interview," or yeah. you know, we want to do interviews about this, but they they handled it well. Yeah. And like I said, it was it was a great a great weekend. Yeah, so. and that's not to say you know a lot of big scores like that 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 weren't uh, up to snuff either. You know what I mean? Sure. Because that is also that happens sometimes. You know, and like we talk about things that we can and can't control. Sometimes you know the one thing that we can control is do the best that we can to get good, solid judges. And I feel like in this cast, uh, we had a judge that we have used a lot of times that has nothing but, uh, as, as we know, it has a great reputation, you know, and, uh, and, uh, like I said, it's, yeah, I, uh, so I think we've said enough about that, but, uh, I'm sure this week has been a lot better. It, it really changed it from when I was talking about when I first got to the grounds and saw this score, versus uh a day later yeah you know what i mean i agree yeah i agree 
Yeah, yeah, and you hear a lot about that. I'll touch just briefly before we move on to our double cast winners here about making this elimination style event. And we have a we have loads of elimination style events throughout the year, and and uh, we have all different kinds of events. And this is an event that uh, I think the biggest drawing factor here is that people who live in different places can get to the south. You know, we've been you, before we went south, we were dealing with frigid temps up in up in the north, and there was snow on the ground for a couple of weeks and you get to go south and you can hunt for four or five days with your dog. If you go to the warm up slams and hunt in the hunt and you don't have to worry about being eliminated, you can get, you get the hunt and that's part of the, what draws you there. I think so yeah. there's different factors that go into it that maybe, Hey, if you're, if you're sitting on the other side of the table, it's not so easy just to, not every hunt has to be exactly the same. That's right. That's right. And yeah. and I think if they were all the same, they would be boring to me. <laughs> it would just be the same hunt just in yeah. Mississippi this time. Winter so. Classic is not like Autumn Oaks. Autumn Oaks is not like the World Championship. And the Grand American is not like any of those three. Yeah. You know, so. A little something for everybody. Yeah. Alan, I know we both have new Daltra Pathfinder 2s. How are you liking yours so far? I'm liking it. I've even had the opportunity now to use mine where I didn't have service, where I download uh, the map of that area, and uh, it works flawlessly. Love it. I agree. I really like my Daltra Pathfinder 2 as well. I've used it quite a bit the past few months. I really like the crystal clear maps. I like that it doesn't lose uh, service very much, and I can't have, I don't have many bad things to say about it at all. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. But uh, over the course of the weekend, as we usually do, uh, got some double cast winners, and this year 25 of them. And those 25 dogs are now tied atop the Triple Crown race. So we, we, uh, we got to uh, recognize our Triple Crown winner for this year on Saturday before our or after our award ceremony, and uh, we've already started it back up. And uh, 25 dogs with double cast winners, that's a good place to start. So hopefully they are got their eyes towards Autumn Oaks and getting qualified for the world and getting entered in the zones and all that good stuff. But two of them stood above – actually, I'll say three of them stood above the rest because we had a dead – or we had a tie – uh, for our reserve champion, whenever you got there early on yeah, Sunday morning, yeah, between yeah. Uh, the Stokey dog who had a good cast on Friday night and ended up squeaking out another cast win on Saturday, and the Gaucho dog who was second place champion on Friday night and had a pretty respectable score on uh, Saturday Saturday night as well, and they were tied with fifteen seventy five plus combined over the two nights, mm-hmm. and actually had to go through some of our tiebreakers. You broke that tie. What it ended up being plus tree points that most, broke the tie. Yeah, most plus tree points. The Gaucho dog had uh, twenty five more tree points plus point tree points than than the Stogie dog did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seven. They both had. They both had seven first trees over the two nights, and I think the Stogie dog had. Uh, let me see. The, St- the Stogie dog had a 75 on one uh, where he backed another dog. And so seven plus the eighth one, he had a second tree. And then the Gaucho dog had uh, also had seven first trees plus, but he had two 50 plus trees for 100 there, you know, on those 250s. So he got him by 25 on plus tree points. I'll be dang that many yeah. points, and it comes down to that. So, hey, congratulations to Stogie yeah. and Gaucho. Yeah. But Gaucho was, for the second year in a row, Chad McCoyne and Brad Howell with our reserve champion here at Winter Classic with one of their one of their black and tans, uh, Poncho last year, Gaucho this year. So they're on a pretty good roll down there in Mississippi. Yeah. So, hey, one other thing I want to back up just a little bit. Friday night, one of the first things we did, Friday night's kind of become a tradition we did not talk about here, but this is we 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 have an award for the oldest handler. 
at the Winter Classic. And uh, I want to give a shout out to 75. There were two 75-year-olds, Wayne Hunter, who's, who's going to be 75 this year. But there's one, Walter Carley from Alabama, hunts the black and tan dogs. He was our oldest hunter, and that was so cool to bring him up there and, and uh, give him that award. 75 years old. Yeah. And he, you know what? He hunts more than I do anymore. Still. He still gets around <laughs> he very does. well. He does. He, ah, I love that. He's had a lot of luck with his black and tans over the past couple of years. So not only entering, but he's very competitive. Yep. Yep. So. Love that. And then obviously we talked about our reserve champion, but uh, our overall winner, it may have already been a given now with 2,150 plus combined over two nights was the Playboy dog. Wade's lockdown Playboy owned by Carl and Tracy Wade and handled by Andy Morgan. Yep. So great weekend for those guys. And you mentioned a little bit uh, the awards. Uh, I'll be curious to hear what some of the hunters thought about it. Uh, so if you have some feedback on when the awards were, the 4 p.m. Uh, awards on Saturday for the Friday night scores and then the 6 a.m., awards on Sunday morning, you know, the kind of thought behind that is hopefully you guys haven't been to sleep yet. If you got to wait till nine, you got to sit in your truck for a few hours or sleep for two hours and you're almost worse off than you would have been otherwise. So we'd love to hear some feedback on that. So feel free to shoot me an email or if you see me at a, at an event, uh, give me a little bit of feedback on that. Uh, so let's talk about guides real quick. Wow. When you put, uh, we're talking about what, almost 800 dogs over two nights here entry wise. Uh, that takes a lot of guides. It takes a lot of people being involved. Thank you to all the guides that signed up, uh, with that many dogs on Friday night, it's always scary, but we ended up having actually too many guides. We actually had to turn away a couple champion guides and we didn't use near all of our uh, non-hunting guides that we had from our satellite clubs, but I appreciate it. I appreciate people guiding. We need them. Yeah, there are, there are the, they're the essential part of putting on a big event like this, you know, and, and it's huge. You know, sometimes we have to get, oh, we always need, need to have more guides in our back pockets and oftentimes than you, than we can use, but, and we still pay those when, if we don't use them, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's kind of, uh, and, and I get it to a degree, you know, sometimes you just don't have, you know, a, a club has five guys sitting there that want a guy to cast and we don't have five casts to send them that need a guide. You know, and, and somebody's, you know, get a little upset by it, whatever, not being able to guide a cast. Well, you know, they can always go with another cast if they want to, you know, but, uh, man, you're right. We, we, we couldn't put on these hunts without those guides that do that, whether they're hunting or, or non-hunting. And those non-hunting guides, they are an essential part of us being able to put on an event like the Winter Classic. And I actually wrote about it in the advisor column uh, there following Winter Classic a little bit is how every year less and less areas of this country can handle 400 dogs on a night like uh, northern Mississippi can when you put in eastern Arkansas and west Tennessee. If you got places like that, let's try not to overstay our welcome. Let's not be trespassing and cause an issue for landowners. Let's uh, let's yeah. let's be gentlemen and respectful and, and be sportsmen and let's... Uh, Let's act right so that way we don't lose out on spots. Like Not that. just Mississippi. That's anywhere, any night hunt, whether it's your local club in your local area or, uh, you know, like this, Batesville, Batesville, Mississippi. Yeah. A Saturday, obviously, with all the weather, I thought we'd have way too many guides, but we actually were way short on hunting guides on Saturday, and it was actually the more problematic night. I'm guessing some of the locals decided the heck the heck with hunting tonight. I'm, <laughs> I'm right here at the house. I think I'll stay in and and watch TV or whatever, but we ended up leaning pretty heavily on our satellite clubs there for non-hunting guides, and they came through in a pinch. They 
I think we ended up using 24 non-hunting guides. So think about how many dogs that is. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about 96 dogs mm-hmm. in the cast that we are in the woods that we may have not got to get in there otherwise. So let's give them a shout out real quick. First off, off the grounds, we had Enid Lake Coon Hunters Association, which is just down the road from Batesville. That's Ronnie Stars Club. He's been our guide coordinator for Winter Classic, I guess, ever since the inception, I'm, I'm thinking, if, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, uh, just down the road, Midway Coon Hunters Club in Fordham in Mississippi, Mr. Darren Tedder. We talked about it last year and it's same this year. If we need dogs in the woods, call Darren and let him know how many more we need and he'll get them in the woods for us. He's always been that since day one, since the first year we've been down there and man, can't say enough and thank Darren for all his help. Uh, Winona Coon Hunters Association, just a little little ways south in Winona, Mississippi. Uh, Ozell Herod was a club contact this year. First time I've worked with Ozell personally. Yep, good guy um, too. Same I've thing. known Ozell for a lot of years. Good guy. Saturday, he told me, let me know how many you need and we'll get them in the woods. So again, wouldn't have been able to put on the Saturday Night Hunt without them and they're in Winona. And uh, over in East Arkansas, Coon Hunters Association in Marianne, Arkansas, a lot of good scores come out from over there. A lot of black and tan winners over there in Philip Heron country. We appreciate Philip Heron. He was able to put six dogs or six casts in the woods, non-hunting guides on Saturday night and saved our hind end. Yeah, every year it seems like we've had sent more casts over to Arkansas than before. And it's the furthest satellite to go, but uh, it seems like the guys like to hunt over there. You know? They had nine yeah. hunting guides on Friday night yeah. in addition to a couple non-hunters. Yeah. So, wow, great. Yeah. And uh, real quick, we'll talk about our event uh, event officials. Working the grounds this year was Doug Cundiff. He's done that the past few years, the past several years since I've been here at least. Uh, Philip Foster from South Carolina came and, came and worked the Winona Satellite Club for us. Jamie Estep uh, worked the Vardaman Satellite Club. And Mark Vest, in his first uh, Winter Classic assignment on his all on his own, was went over to Marianne and uh, got to do the Arkansas uh, satellite club for us. Yeah, man, it's it was good to to have Mark Vest on the team too, and and him kind of learning the ropes. And I think he's picking up really quickly. You know, I kind of got to work with him a little bit, you know, working the the hunters and the and the lines, the entry lines there to begin with. But man, Trevor, I'm telling you, some like Doug and and uh, some of our field reps that we have, we're pretty we're pretty lucky. You know, they get uh, they have to make some tough decisions too sometimes. You know, and uh, but you know, Doug knows that office part the front end of it as well as you or i you know and he's great to work with in that regard he he's good about still you know letting us make the decisions coming up to us for a decision if a decision needs to be made but the other thing that he's so good at he knows how he he knows how i think yeah. you know and he's really uh he he takes that and uh man it's great to have a team like that philip foster man what can you there's there's none better, and as far as our rules guy, they probably don't come much stronger than him. Phil puts a lot of effort into, you know, uh, you know, brushing up on his knowledge or knowing what he's talking about, knowing the rules. You you have to you respect that. You're a great guy wants to do things right, and uh, Jamie Eastep from West Virginia, uh, same way. Uh, it just just uh, good guys. You know, we have more that we you know different guys that we kind of put in and in different places, you know, for different events, you know, but man, it's a good solid team there behind us as well. Yeah. And they, they make the, people don't see a lot of the things they do. They, they're not just there working satellite clubs for us. Like you said, they're confirming entries. 
they come in uh, from getting a couple hours of sleep from the Friday night hunt, and what the first thing we do is throw them to the wolves. Yeah. And they got to do a hear. They got to do a hearing for us. So they do a lot of things behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. But they, we don't. We don't have events like that without guys like this. They do. You know, they're up late Friday night. You know, they're up till you know the deadline's four o'clock, and you know sometimes God bless them. You know, there's and mentioned it in the hunt. I didn't hear anything about it Sunday morning, but. You know, Saturday night, several of them sat there till four o'clock in the morning waiting on like two or three casts that never did show up, you know, and, and that's, if you're, if you're that guy sitting there, man, as long, as many hours as they put in, you know, a dead cast. And I think some of the hunters just don't realize it either. We need to make sure we have it in our notes. Hey, bring that scorecard back, you know, because it does get frustrating. If you're the person that sits there for two hours to wait on nothing, that's pretty frustrating. You know, but uh, they do that. But then when I was getting at the next morning, you know, they're up late. And then the next morning they're out at the grounds at 930 again. It's like, guys, you can sleep till noon. We don't need you till noon. But, they're, hey, they're excited to be there and and, uh, and working and everything. So, But they put in a lot of time with a, not very much sleep either. And they do a great job at it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll mention our staff a little bit starting out with, uh, you know, we have me and you from the hunting ops department, but we also had Lacey there with us. And Lacey has a few of these under her belt now, a couple of winter classics. God, and she's uh, good, isn't and she, Trevor? She is. She's she good. is. She makes everything a lot easier. She's easy to communicate with. And you talk about uh, how uh, Doug can uh, kind of read your mind on a lot of stuff and have a lot of the same opinions yep. you have. I feel that way with Lacey a lot of times. Yep. A lot of times we'll be on the same page about things and not even have talked about it before. Yeah. So. It's nice working with someone like that. It is, you know, and the one thing that we have we have with Lacey, she's in the office day in and day out, you know. So, you know, all the way from taking online entries and all that, we talk about a lot of things here. But you could really tell the difference this year, I thought, at the Winter Classic. just She was just so much more comfortable. And she's only been doing it now a couple of years, but she's had a couple of Winter Classes and a, or Classics and a couple of Autumn Oaks under her belt now and and uh, this year. And there's there's somebody that, she prides herself in not making mistakes, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I things were working for her this year, and I tell you what, that's because she didn't. She didn't let anything get past her as far as making mistakes. Yep, when you make absolutely. mistakes, doing all that, they will show up somewhere. You know that. <laughs> they usually show up on the stage, wondering why their cast didn't, didn't get called. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple media team members there. Bailey Vershoof and Shannon Nardi were there. They worked the merchandise booth for us, and they did a lot of the PowerPoints and things you saw on the on the screens and taking pictures and videos and stuff. So appreciate them for that. Yep, Bailey's fun uh, to work with. She worked next to me in the top ten, you know, when we were doing the parade and all that stuff. Ah, uh, a lot of people don't really know Bailey because they don't uh, get to. Uh, uh, work with her like maybe Lacey and some of the rest of us or what have you, but uh, Bailey's fun to work with too. Yeah. Uh, a couple of registration team members there. A lot of people are familiar with Miss Taylor Armstrong at this point. She's been to loads of events, Coonhound, Beagle, everything, everything. across the board. Yeah. And then we had Emily with her this year. Uh, that was, uh, I don't know if that's our first time at Winter Classic. I feel like she's probably been to some events before. I think but, she uh, was either at Autumn Oaks or maybe Winter Classic last year, but yeah. Yeah, Taylor knows, you know, Taylor's been to a lot, a lot of events over the last five, six, seven, eight years. Heck, she's been here for 10 years now, I think. But, uh, yeah, she knows what goes on, and she's a, a great customer service person, you know, and it's good for I, – I love that people can go and talk to her, you know, anybody has any registration things or whatever and, and become acquainted with Taylor. And, and she's easy to work with and an easy person to talk to. And 
And that's who they should talk to at events when they come to one of our events. Taylor is usually there. Yep. Uh, Kayla Cooper, uh, her first event, her first uh, Coonhound event working for UKC, uh, the Winter Classic. She's part of our all breed department. She was able to step in and help us out with some of the show stuff and different things. She announced the show for us. So that kind of freed you up. You were going to have to do that. So you were able to do some different things where we needed you for that. Yeah. And now she, yeah. Had a lot to do also, with what she did that that really freed me up, and I got to do some fun stuff up there on the concourse with the hunters. Yeah, yeah. She, she's kind of she's got the triple crown, and now she's competed in the event, she's judged the event, now she's worked the event. Yeah. So she's got it from all sides. Yeah, so she's working in our all breed department here at UKC, you know. But uh, a, a lot of people know her. She had coonhounds herself and competed in a lot of our events, you know, and is very knowledgeable. And she was a huge help down there. She set up a lot of the show part of it, you know, the, the, uh, or, or all the, uh, the crating and all that kind of stuff, did all that, set up the trophies and, uh, we didn't really give her a whole lot of direction or anything. She just kind of took the bull by the horns and did a, did a nice job. Good job. Uh, Megan Hartmas from the national events team was there and she did her, her usual thing. She's always a great asset. In any the most she's positive a- person you've ever met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She is. You said sparkly. I think that's a good yeah, sparkly. Yeah, always smiling and always friendly and chipper and up early. And she's uh, maybe I'm not much of a morning person, but four thirty in the morning, she's all out, (laughs) just ready to go, ready to roll. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then, then lastly, we'll mention Tracy Chilson. Everybody knows Tracy by now. She's been taking our wind photos and some candid photos for us for the past several years now, and. She does a great job. She's built a great uh, reputation among hound hunters, and uh, they all appreciate Miss Tracy being there at those events. Yeah, you know, Tra- or, uh, Trevor, we kind of kind of talked about everybody individually. Maybe more kind of missed Emily a little bit. You mentioned her name there with working with Taylor, but Emily's the same way, very knowledgeable on all registration aspects, and she can answer any questions anybody has as well, too. And we really appreciate Emily. She does a great job for us as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, we've uh, we've talked about our staff, our officials, we've talked about just about everything. Now let's talk about our sponsors and partners who who are really a driving force behind this event that help us out with the award side of it and and different things, give us the flexibility to do some things. And we'll start out with first with Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Uh, they were there on site. Lynn Carradine was there uh, talking to folks at their booth. Uh, we had Dog Trail on the other side of of. Uh, the building, I guess, on the other side of that of that little stretch there, and Daltra is the official GPS caller partner of UKC. Uh, I know they were at least set up on Friday. I think they may have had to leave on Saturday for a different obligation, but it was good seeing those guys, knowledgeable guys, and they got a great product. And it's good to see those ca- them catching on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bright Eyes Lights, Ray Conrad. Every every event we have, we lean on uh, Bright Eyes Lights and their their donations and their sponsorship, and we sure appreciate Ray and everything he does for coon hunters. Yep, he gave a dozen of his new lights there at the at the Winter Classic again this year. All the most all the lights came from there, you know, and uh, or from Bright Eyes, and and it's a good light. And Ray is just a huge supporter of UKC and our events, and Winter Classic is one of those. You know he'll have uh, he'll have all the lights at the world championship. He's going to up that package as well, and we'll talk about that later on. But man, we're sure appreciative of Ray and Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes top twenty. All right, and we'll move on to uh, K Lights here. Sandra, she's working uh, over there in K Lights, just to the 
other side of the stage from Ray. Always appreciative of Sandra. She donates a lot of stuff throughout the year as well. Yep. Here at the Winter Classic Autumn Oaks, you know, the dual national championship, she's, her company is the sponsor of that dual national championship. And, and, uh, she's, she's at all of our events there and, and, uh, just, she puts in a lot of hours and a lot of time and, and carrying on that uh, supply business that her dad, Mike started, you know, and, and, uh, does a great job with it. Sure, a lot of miles because she doesn't really live close to anything down there. Yeah, where she's at. <laughs> Seems uh, like she misses. should move to Tennessee or someplace so she can just branch out to all these events she goes to. She goes to every one of them, I think. Yeah. Maybe she just lives on the road. Who uh, knows? It's just out of that trailer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of local uh, companies there just in Mississippi Timber Creek Dog Supply, Bob Osborne, and then Gun Dog Supply. Yeah, both of them. You know, Bob is always there. He's always got that back row along the wall there. And, and uh, he's a lot of uh, a lot of folks know him there in the south, uh, southeast or southwest, I guess. But uh, yeah, a great guy. Has a good group of people working for him. Has a big setup there in, at the Winter Classic every year and Autumn Oaks. And, but yeah, one of our. One of our sponsors here, and certainly appreciate Bob and his crew. Gun Dog Supply, you mentioned them. So uh, we talked, I think, in the last episode, we talked about uh, me going to a Beagle trial the week before in Mississippi. So I was actually in Matheston, uh, where we had the Beagle trial at, and Gun Dog Supply's uh, headquarters is in Matheston, Mississippi. So I got to, I stopped in there when I was down there. The huge warehouse, Mr. Steve Mitchell, he runs Beagles, and he was actually entered had dogs entered in our national championship down there and uh he invited me to come over to the store and uh and he took me around there at gun dog supply and i got to see their company and and uh man that's quite an operation there it's way larger than i expected so uh, yeah but yeah it's pretty neat and appreciate gun dog supply for their sponsorship yeah, two companies that weren't there but we can always count on them uh helping our prize packages out that's nightlight and GT's Feed and Hunting Supply. Yeah, Nightlight, you know, they've been here ever with UKC ever since I've been involved with them. And and they're they're one of the older, uh, you know, they've had websites. One of the first ones, companies like this, to have a website and, and sell online products and things like that. And I, I guess Bill Boatman comes to mind, I guess. But Nightlight is right behind that, you know. And, and they've just always, all these years, they've been a sponsor of United Kennel Club and, uh, and still are. Certainly appreciate Nightlight. Well, people at this point, if they've listened to these two shows consecutively, they're probably uh, tired of hearing me yak. So I'm going to turn it over to you right well, here to talk about some of the interviews. Hey, GT's got Feed and Hunting Supply. I know you mentioned them as well, you know, but John, uh, uh, Gary Beatty in Tennessee there. But uh, he hasn't been, to, he didn't come to this year's or whatever, but he's been a huge supporter as well. I'm going to give a shout out to Gary as well with GT. So does a lot for the sports and sponsorship, and we appreciate him as well. But yeah, no, you're right. So we've got uh, three more uh, folks that I got a chance to sit down with and and just chat with there at the Winter Classic, and we're you're going to hear from them. The first one is going to be a a younger lady uh, from she's a single mom from Minnesota, and I have known her for a lot of years. Now I don't really know her know her that well, other than I've always known who she was. Uh, she's always got a smile and uh, just uh, uh, she's got a couple kids and she loves to hunt. Always has loved her red bone dogs and, and has a couple of blue ticks, loves to hunt. She takes her kids hunting and I see the same thing in her kids that she was like when she was younger, you know, and she takes them to the woods and it looks like they're loving it. And this was her first time at the Winter Classic, first time to Mississippi. So I couldn't, I had to ask her if she'd come and, and sit down and I wanted to see how, uh, how her weekend was going and what she thought of Mississippi. So here's, uh, 
Alex and I talking about that. Alex, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Winter Classic, Mississippi. I've never seen you here. I've never been here. Never been here. Nope, first this is my time. first time. How do you like it? I like it. I do. I like it a lot. Uh, much different than Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, yeah. that's where you're from. Probably have snow right now. Still we in, don't. We've don't actually I... been fortunate with a mild winter this year. We've had about five inches of snow. Yeah. And the temperatures, we've actually been in the 50s. Oh, yeah. So, so what, what, when you brought a dog to hunt, right? I did. You're hunting what, red bones and blue ticks? What are you hunting? Yeah, here? I mostly hunt red bones. This weekend, I'm hunting a blue tick. Okay. What She's mate? a little further along right okay. now than my red bones are. Yeah. So, did you hunt the warm up hunts this week at all? I didn't. I not? showed up Thursday morning. Yeah. So, and you I brought didn't your sleep mom with 30 you. hours. <laughs> yes, didn't I sleep. did. No, we drove straight through and I worked the night before. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, we just showed up. So how is it different here than in at home? Probably a lot different or a little different um, or what? A lot bigger woods. We don't have these big blocks that are down here. Uh, a lot of blowover and it's really thick in there. It's a little bit more rolling hills and stuff than what I have in my area. It's okay. pretty flat where I hunt, but a lot of the tall trees with just the I mean, it's there or it isn't. Yeah. There's no questioning yeah. <laughs> these trees here. So yeah. yeah, you have so you have the bigger trees at bigger oaks and things like that back home. Yeah, yeah, a lot of oak trees, real big, big trees. It's an obvious den. Yeah. Yeah. It's here <laughs> it's tall, skinny trees. So and, you've been to autumn oaks before, so you kinda yep. know. So this is kinda like autumn oaks in it, but it's still different. It is. It's very different. Yeah. Yep. It's have you ever been to a coon hunt that's in a civic center like this? No. It's kind of different, no. isn't it? It is. I like it, though, because it's big enough that everybody can fit, but it's not crowded. Yeah. But it is nice that everyone can hit in the seating. Yeah. That's perfect. That's nice. You can kind of relax and you yeah. kind of see everything that's going on on the yeah. floor. Shows yep. And, I really like that. And all the vendors and everything. Mm -hmm. What is your mom thinking of it? She likes it here. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's <laughs> kind of cool you two get to come down here and enjoy a couple of days down here. Yeah. Yep. It's fun. I've been doing it since I was 13. Yeah. So. So the weather has been pretty decent up till today. It's been raining all day, and I'm, you're sitting here with your jacket on. You've got it's wet. I'm soaked. <laughs> but you entered up, and you're going to get out there and hunt I'm again. I'm excited. Yeah. Yep. I figured I'm here, and there's nothing better than coon hunting. So I don't care what the weather's doing. There you go. Then you plan on driving back all day tomorrow. I think home. I'm going to leave after the hunt. Okay, tonight. Oh, or yep. Later tonight. Yeah, we're going to try it. Yeah. Get as far as we can. Well, hey, we don't have our awards till 6 o'clock in the morning. If you end up placing, what are you going to do then? Just, well, then I'll wait around. Well, then you'll wait around. <laughs> One right. can hope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, it's good to have you guys here, yeah, and I'm thanks. glad you made the trip, and hopefully you'll come back again. Definitely. I definitely like it down here. Yeah, so there you go. She's an interesting person, and you know what? She didn't have very much luck down there this year, but even then... I saw where she posted how much fun she had, and I can about bet you we'll see her again next year. She loved it. Had a good time. Perfect. So, yeah. So this next person is uh, actually two people. One is uh, uh, very well-known, especially on the bench show side, and that's Whitney Kilo. Who she's, uh, she's been around for a good number of years as uh, shows the blue dogs and uh, blue ticks. Uh, but uh, one of our UKC field reps, uh, is he's an HRC field rep, actually, not necessarily UKC, but for HRC, the Hunting Retriever Club. So he's a retriever guy. Somehow, Whitney, uh, she's been dabbling with the uh, hunting retriever stuff a little bit, and she met Tommy, and that uh, they're now a couple, have been for a little while. But Tommy is, uh, he lives up in Connecticut, 
So Whitney's in Arkansas and Tommy's in Connecticut. And I've got to meet Tommy at a, at a hunting retriever event last year. And, uh, and I've talked to him on the phone several times, but so I, I'd, I really wanted to sit down with both of them and, and, and especially with Tommy just to kind of get his thoughts. I know his first event was last year at the Coonhound World Championship, only because of Whitney. And then uh, here he is at the at the Winter Classic again. And he's been in Mississippi a lot, you know, duck hunting and things like that. But I think this was his first Coonhound event there. And and uh, so I, I had a chance to sit down with the two of them and kind of talk about that. And we even talked a little bit about the his retriever stuff. So hope you enjoy this one. Take a listen. Whitney, how are you? Good, how are you? Saturday here at the Winter Classic. Yep. You brought a blue tick puppy here with you. What's that pup? This is my friend Jacqueline raised her. She thought I didn't have enough dogs, so she, she brought her for me. You can't turn down animals I can't at say all. No. Doesn't matter what the animal, a donkey or a dog or a deer. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this laughing over here? <laughs> This Tommy my... Bald Tommy Balderaki, right? Yes, sir. Did I get that right? You got it right. In what state are you from? Vermont, Maine? Connecticut. Connecticut. That's mm -hmm. it. Yep. Northeast. Yes. Okay. Yep. You're Coonhound person, retriever, retriever guy. Yep. Tommy. Yep. Matter of fact, you're one of our UKC field reps or HRC field reps, hunting retriever club field reps. Yes, sir. Region two. Yeah. Yep. So uh where did you guys meet? Through the whole retriever thing? Is that it? Yeah. Whitney, you started you started messing around with the retrievers a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It was like five years ago, I think, in, at a hunt test. Yeah, in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's where we first met. There you go. So you come back here to Coonhound events. So what do you, Tommy, what do you think of the Coonhound events? I like it. It's I, different. I'm, I'm getting more into it. More more I come to this thing, I like it a lot. Well, you know, I'd never, I've went to a couple of HRC events, a couple, just kind of watched from afar a little bit until the Fall Grand. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I remember I, seeing you there. Yeah. I could get, I could get addicted to that. Yeah, it is addicting. I, yeah, I just love everything—the setups and all that kind of stuff. You know how they do all that. It's just yeah. intriguing to me. Then yeah. watching the dogs work. Yeah, I could just sat there all day long and watch dogs work. Well, I always tell everybody when they get one dog, then I see them get a second dog. They're always looking for a dog box. I said, just buy a dog trailer because before you know, you're going to have four or five and six dogs. Yeah. That's how addicting it is. So you do a lot of UKC events too, Tommy, with the retriever stuff, but w there's a lot of things that are totally different. But what, do you see any similarities between that and the Kunon events or not really? No, not, no, no similarities in the bench show, but. I'd like to see the the night hunt and see what that was all about. Yeah, yeah. So you haven't taken him out hunting? Not yet. <laughs> We're going this week. We'll actually be back in Mississippi next, next weekend, weekend for a hunt, for a hunt test. test. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. dog hunt. Yeah. yeah. HRC event. Yeah. Yeah. Whitney, you were in the head of dog or two several dogs in the top ten last night. I showed. Yeah, I had two qualified. I just showed one. And that was Dolby. Is that what you mm -hmm. call him? Surround sound. Dolby. Him Dolby. And you won the breed with mm -hmm. them. How was that? What do you think of the top 10 show? I like it. I mean, it's cool. I've, I've always enjoyed it, but it's nice to win a little money. Yeah. And it's a little different. It's a little different than your normal show. Yeah. 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 Did you stick around, Tommy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I stayed to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you going to be hunting any coon hounds too or what? Yeah. Did she talked to you about um, that? Yeah, we're going to hunt coon. We're going to hunt coons this week. At, and, yeah. Uh, I want to get more into that because yeah. I like that. 
Yeah. Hey, I don't know. There's there's still something I like to do a lot of different things. I've always liked to watch dogs work. I you know you know I do a little uh, run beagling and things like that. I love the beagles, uh, but there's still something. That, I went coon hunting here the other night on Monday night. I went with some of the locals here again, and it had been a while since I've been out. But man, just hearing those dogs when they hit that tree and roll up on a tree, there's still something about that that it will never go away for me. Yeah, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's something I've done you know for since i was a little kid and it doesn't go away yeah yeah but yeah well, pretty cool we messed around with some of the dogs at home on her farm and yeah you know just kind of train one of them it's exciting like watching them go up stuff. to the yeah getting on those coons and yeah yeah i like it so arkin do you have do you have a decent population where you are to hunt yeah that's pretty good i mean the white river people come Oh, you, do you live close to the White about River? About an hour. Oh, yeah, so that's not that yeah. far. A lot of people drive a long that's ways. That's what to I told the, him. Yeah, I was like, people river. are coming from all over. Yeah, make a vacation December, there. January. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not only good for ducks down there. They got the raccoons, too. Yeah. So how does that work? You're from Arkansas, Connecticut. That's kind of a long ways. Yeah. A lot of Skyping, a lot of... What do you, what? Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time down here. I've been here eight weeks now. So, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but she travels up, and then I come back and forth. It's easier for me to travel back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only has dogs. <laughs> I only have seven dogs. She's got 25. Yeah. <laughs> and all the other animals. Yeah. Still have that deer. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two, two of them now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Horses. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, I know you're wrapping up, wanting to head out here, but I appreciate you taking a little time here. So thanks again for coming. It's always good to see you. And Tommy, it's good to meet you. And uh, Good to see yeah. you, too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. That was interesting. Kind of get a perspective from a retriever guy, you know, and, and he likes it. He likes to go out coon hunting and, and things like that, you know, but he's I think he's always going to be a retriever guy. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty good cat right there, and and obviously we've known Whitney for a while. She's had a lot of success, so good to sit down with them and and talk. But hey, our last interview is going to be you know I had a chance Saturday night, late Saturday, uh, after uh, basically we'd had all the cast drawn out and all this and that. I got a chance to sit down with uh, with uh, uh, Ronnie Stark. We talked about him last uh, last week in the episode. You know he he helps. He has a lot to do with. Uh, with the warm-up slams, helps the state association put their event on on Wednesday, and then his club puts on the Thursday warm-up hunt, and he helps with guide stuff at the Winter Classic. He works with Bob Osborne there in Timber Creek in the vendor booth, and he's got he wears a lot of a lot of hats. Uh, we've you and I have known Ronnie for a bunch of years now, a great guy, and he actually went hunting with him on Monday night before the Classic. He and Mickey Greer and JJ Potts. And, uh, but I sat down here with Ronnie and we talked about the warm up slams and all or, uh, the winter classic and just kind of get his thoughts on everything this year. So here's Ronnie. Man, another good turnout this year, Ronnie. Yep. Record numbers again on slams. Yeah. Let's talk about the slams a little bit. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before, uh, before we sat down here, trying to remember when you had the first slam. I don't think we had them the first couple of years, did we? I don't think so. I can't remember exactly when it started, maybe the third year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. But uh, they've, they've turned out pretty good. Yeah, it's been a big success. Um, help, helps the local clubs, and people seem to really like it. They, we 
been getting bigger numbers every year. It's growing every year. Yeah, that and I love the I love the fact that the clubs can. Uh, it does. It's good for it's it's a positive for a lot of different things for the clubs. They can take advantage of the guys that are here that want to hunt to begin with. Number two, it gives them a legal avenue to hunt and uh, get their dogs out a little bit before the classic on Friday and Saturday. And but the numbers are just it seems every year it goes up and up. Last year the weather was bad on a Wednesday. Didn't we have some a lot of rain or something last year? Something. I don't remember. I'm thinking I was thinking last year was a big number. I know not on Wednesday. Was it no, okay. not on Wednesday night. We had Thursday was, but not Wednesday. I know one Wednesday we had like ninety yeah. six dogs. Yeah. And then we had I think last year was fifty four on thursday but yeah. it may have been a lower number last year yeah i think it was because i thought i thought last year because it poured like crazy and i was thinking you'd be lucky to have third 20 30 dogs and there were 60 last year on okay. wednesday but then on thursday the weather was good and it was up there i think about 154 or something like yeah that. i think we had 154 last yeah, year yeah. but now 155 this, this year on, one, thursday. on thursday yeah but uh, this year on wednesday 100 dogs exactly 100 dogs and then you got to count you had 16 dogs in the Pro Slam Wednesday yep. night, so that'd yeah. be 116 dogs. Yeah. And you have four Thursday night in the yeah. Pro Slam, so that's 158 dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so good turnoffs there. And uh, how can you get that many dogs in the woods fairly easy? You got enough guides, or yeah, we had had to. Um, you had to, you had to, I had to work at it yeah, Thursday Make night. a few we, extra calls. Yeah, we had to make a couple extra calls, and we got it. Got people in the woods, and um, I had one guy that I put in one of my places, and he he came back with a good score. And he's yeah. never been there. I just told him where to go, how to hunt it. He went. Yeah. He didn't want to go at first, but he 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 made it pay off. Yeah. One. Yeah. So how would you, how would you rate the, you know, in the springtime, I know you get a bunch of, sometimes you get a bunch of water down here, depending on, depending on the rainfall, I guess, or whatever it is you get. How is it this, this year so far, as far as right now? Before today, the water's been fine, been great. Uh, We had a real dry summer and up until a few weeks ago when we got all that snow and ice that we had, it was still drought conditions in a lot of places Mm -hmm. but then we got that i think we had between three and six inches of ice at home around you know and it once it melted it all soaked up then we got we got several good rains after that that brought the water up so so. reason i ask i think a lot of people that don't really know the area down here they come down here thinking that they might get into a ton of water more than more than than I've seen, or I just don't see it. I think, but I think they get that. That's kind of what they think coming here. Some sometimes, some years, the delta, which everybody wants to hunt the delta, big usually big hardwoods, good flat walking, and sometimes this time of year the delta will get too much water in it where you can't hunt it. But it's just some years are big water and some years are not. Yeah. And it's like the the truck hunts that they the PKC had for several years. They would have them over on the Mississippi River, and for several years there, several different times, they would call me and we'd bring cast over here and to hunt in the hills because they had too much water over there. But it, yeah. you know, but it 
It's not very often. Yeah. It, it happens occasionally, but yeah. not 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 all not very often. Yeah. So uh, back to the slams a little bit again. So uh, UKC and Ukanua, we put up a thousand dollars each night for your two slams, and then the Mississippi uh, State Association also puts up uh, an, an additional five hundred each night. And that makes for a pretty big added purse each night for these warm-up slams, you know, for a $35 entry. Those guys that make the top 10 there. Uh, what? Uh, then the other thing, did did you do a jackpot or something we this did year? Do a, we did a jackpot. You could buy in for $20. And normally every jackpot I've ever been associated with, they paid out the top four dogs. Yeah. And I told some of the guys with Raccoon Hunters Association, I said, hey, let's do a jackpot. Do like fifth through eighth, fifth through tenth. They were sort of concerned about somebody getting fifth place may get paid more than fourth. Than fourth. So we um we went ahead and we paid first through tenth, and um it was I think it was close to two hundred dollars on Wednesday and two right for each of those top ten places. 242 on Thursday. For each of the top 10 For each 10 of the places. top 10. Yeah. That's, wow, that's good. The the guys that got in the final four on Thursday night and and they, if they bought their dog, they were, they took home close to a thousand bucks for, for $55 investment. Yeah, 35 for the entry fee and then another 20 for the jackpot. Yeah, it's a pretty good payback. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. That's a good way to do it, though. Well, I thought about it. You, you're sitting there. You may sit there on the bubble until the last 10 minutes, and you got 400 plus, and you're sitting on the bubble on the final four. Somebody comes in with 425, knocks you out. That's real disheartening. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if you're bought into that Calcutta, well, hey, it's not a total loss. You're fizzing to get yeah. a couple hundred dollars. And you it's, know. it's a good way to do it. Yep. Great, great way to do it. You know, we had uh, we had the pro slam. You mentioned that as well. Uh, we did a Calcutta there too. <laughs> Those were we did it a little differently this year, where we had where we drew the cast first, and then uh, did a Calcutta on each one of those casts. But whatever amount that it pulled in for that cast is what the winning bidder ended up. You know, whoever bought the cast winner, that's what they got. And those numbers that that was anywhere from six and a quarter to about eight and a quarter or something like yeah, that for each of those four cats. That's unreal what they, I know some of those dogs went for over $300 I, a piece. Yeah, so. 300 bucks. But then uh, on Saturday, we did the final four, just one cast. And that was $2,200 in 20, that. Well, I, for, I, I was busy getting guides and yeah, stuff lined up. So yeah, we got $2,200 out, out of four dogs. Somebody walked away very happy that night. Yeah, old Mac Talent ended up, uh, he, he bought old Willie there, you yeah. know, the eventual winner or whatever. So he was tickled. Ah, it's fun. We had a lot of fun with it, and you know, and obviously not everybody can afford that, but somebody wants to. Yeah, it was just we had fun with it. But anyways, uh, so yeah, it uh, the the slam warm up slams and all that it seemed like they went off pretty well. Yes, they did. We had um, Thursday night. I think we had one question to come in. Yeah, it was a easy answer question. Yeah, and Master Hounds. Answered it pretty quickly, guys. Was good sportsman about it, and everybody was happy when they left. Yeah, you know, so yeah. West, no trouble. Um, I don't know of anybody that really had any trouble 
I know of one case had one little incident or something. Dog got out of pocket, yeah. got somewhere they wasn't supposed to be. But yeah. that happens. You can't control that. Right. So. Yeah. Wesley Ratcliffe was your master on post nights. He does. He does a good job. Yeah, he's so very I, I think level-headed the, and very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. the state association kind of hosts the Wednesday night slam, and then then your club, the Enid uh, Enid Lake Cooners, do the uh, Thursday night, right? That's correct. Yeah. Hey, we're tickled. That's good that the state association kind of kind of jump in and, and kind of benefit from it too. But again, like I said, the hunters are benefiting in, in, in several ways. Exactly. I mean, everybody gets a chance to go, like I said, hunt legally for a yep. couple of nights, get the yep. dog warmed up, get accustomed to this yep. area, and and possibly yeah. make some good money. And yeah. Also. The, the weather was really good all week. And uh, I got a chance to go hunting with you and Mickey Greer and J.J. Potts on Monday. And I appreciate that. I enjoyed the heck out of that. Well, we appreciate you going with us. Yeah. So, and then, uh, so the weather was good all week except for now Saturday today. It's been raining all day. <laughs> yeah, we're fishing going to get a good shower. It's going to rain all we're night, too, I'm afraid. We're going to get a good a little bit. Yeah. So, but outside of that, I think uh, we lost several of the fair weather hunters today, Saturday night's hunt. We still had a good number down there. But hey, Ronnie, I want to take this opportunity to thank you and make sure you let your uh, who all the your cold crew with the club and all that. We appreciate everything you do for this Winter Classic, man. There's a lot of people behind the scenes. Seems like Trevor and I get a lot of credit for it, and UKC does, you know. But we have a lot of folks like you that do a whole lot. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank well, you. thank I, you for that. I appreciate that. We um we appreciate the hunt being here. We've we've enjoyed having it here, and, and hope it continues to be successful like like it's been in the past and you know i'm i'm the one who calls the people but hey we got a lot of people steps up i can pick up a phone call somebody hey can you got a cast tonight okay yeah so i mean it, it works out well everybody works together and we'll make it work yep and and you know the, the mayor showed up today and i i met him and talked to him and he uh he was talking like uh, they really want to keep the hunters here. They yeah, see, I think, what it's what it's doing here. And he was telling me a few things they want to do. And he was asking me what they can do to, uh, you know, to improve on the facilities, you know, and this and that or what have you. So, uh, hey, hopefully they'll do a few things he he talked about in their plans. It's just going to make it even even better for us. So hopefully, well, it's very it's very beneficial for the community. It's financial wise that I'm going to say several million dollars is brought in this community yeah. on this weekend so and it's fun you know and the weather can be uh you know it's it's february so the weather can be anything you know and it's uh this week was was good it, we've been here when it's been cold we've been here when it was really nice all weekend but the thing with the civic center here it's temperature controlled you know for those that uh just want to come in and, and relax sit and watch see everything you sit in comfortable seats in the in the seating areas or in the stands, you know, and you should see everything on the floor, all the vendors there. Uh, it's just a good place to. It's a great facility. Yeah, great facility. It's, um, I mean, you you know, if you had more camping places here, more barns or something, that would benefit some of the hunters more. But as far as hosting the hunt, the place, the facility, this is probably one of the best i've ever been to yeah and and it is and it is it's also different you know we're used to having a lot of our major events at a at a fairgrounds or someplace like that where there's some campers that come in you usually at a fairgrounds you can uh, hook those campers up about about anywhere this one is a little different they do have an rv park out back 
I don't know how many sites they have. Not that many, but I'm going to say 15, 20, 30 maybe. Yeah, it's, it's several people camping yeah, there. It but is, but also, you can't just also, you can't just come in and just uh, go to a light pole and hook up like you can maybe at a fairground. Yeah. One thing about this area, we have three lakes. Well, we've got two lakes, one on north of Enid Lake is south of us, and, and Sardis Lake is north of us. There's plenty of camping there. It's not very far from here. There's cabins there also. Uh, um, a lot of people stay at those cabins or, or camp around the lake, and it's not that far away. And they're not nearly as congested as it, as it would be at some of these fairgrounds. And yeah, also, right. They have right. to drive to get back over here, but people seem to enjoy where they stay at. Yeah, and then there's also three, four uh, good hotels right here in town and then in the neighboring towns as well. So. Yes. Good place to have it. We enjoy coming here. It's been another great week. we got one more night to go here as, we, as we're as uh, we talking here, but it's been a good weekend and appreciate all the effort and everything you guys do to help us out with that. Okay. We appreciate y'all and also want to um, thank you, Canuba and UKC, for sponsoring our hunt and doing the 1,000 added each night. We appreciate all the hunters coming and hunting. Yeah, well, there we go, Trevor. That's uh, that's all of them. I was hoping we could get a few more interviews. We uh, we didn't. I know you were a busy guy, and, and I probably should have had the stuff set up Friday and got some Friday already. You know, Saturday, you wait too long. You have people kind of wrapping things up and wanting to get out of there. But we've had uh, several several good folks to interview, so we appreciate their time. And uh, But, yeah, just what a, a good event again this year. Yeah, great event. We appreciate everybody coming out. Hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're making plans already for next year's 2025 Winter Classic, Batesville, Mississippi. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content. 